one man's journey to understand everything there is to know about sports has led to many losses, horrible gaming, mediocre questions, but the guests are cool, and videos where gaming and podcasts come on to show sports, mainly Quidditch and football, from a variety of different angles. Welcome to Gameside Chat. Hello world and welcome back to a new episode of my gaming podcast slash interview slash whatever the hell am I gonna call it. Yeah, I'm back. This is a new episode of Gameside Chat and today I'll be interviewing Ben Pooley. I hope Ben forgives me. I've been sitting on this recording for two weeks because life has been crazy and hopefully once things begin to normalize a little bit, I can go back to an original schedule. I've kind of been missing this. I've been missing talking to different people or bringing stuff up. And actually, it's kind of interesting. People do come up to me and say that they enjoy my stuff. So thank you very much. I'm glad you guys like it. But hey, don't be afraid. You know, message me personally. You know, you know my Facebook, most likely. Um, you know, message me. If you're watching on YouTube, write in the comments. If you want me to ask specific questions, you know, I try to pick people so they can bring something new. You know, I, I don't want to be... I want to be interviewing and bringing new stuff up, you know, maybe, like I said, less heard voices or just, you know, maybe, you know, different aspects of the sport. That way it's not just the same monotone crap, like, like sometimes some podcasts are, <laughs> but yeah, I just want it to be fun. I want it to be fun for me. I want it to be fun for you. I want to be, you know, fun for your pets. I don't, I don't know, but yeah. So today I'll be interviewing Ben Pooley, one of the older boys of the sport. I mean, I can't refer to him, boys, this guy's like five years older than me. But yeah, we talked with him, we played football manager, and yeah, hopefully, I beat him this time. You know, I need to actually win on my channel, it's kind of getting embarrassing. Hopefully, you guys enjoy, and hopefully, you get to listen to some tales from ye olde days. I feel like the last person I had that kind of interaction with was a Sam, which was my first episode. So yeah, I hope you enjoy, and like I said, give comments, suggestions, and yeah, just message me, alright? Thank you very much for watching, and hopefully, this will be out on the Thursday you're watching this on. Lol. All right, let's talk to Ben now. Okay, so after we've picked our draft, I think it's time for some questions. <laughs> we always start with the same one. So how long have you played Quidditch and why did you join in the first place? Um, so I've been playing ooh, since late 2013. So BQC1. Um, I started with the Unspeakables and I literally, I think I just saw it on YouTube, someone that came up on like trending page or something like Quidditch in America um, and I was like oh that looks fun because I was like 18 or 19 so I googled if there was a team in London and it popped up there was um, and then I just found out they had a training on Facebook went along not knowing anyone um, was greeted by Rob Barringer um, at the train station made to feel very welcome went along and was like, I, th- I thought I'd just go along because it'd be a bit of a laugh and meet some new people. But I ended up really enjoying it. And at the end of the first session, they turned to me and was like, oh, we're um we're going to nationals in like four weeks time in Oxford. Do you want to come? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. So I ended up being a BQC one like four weeks later. So. All right. So you joined just before the big tournament. So you didn't start at the start of the season. No, no. Because this is so BQC then was in November. Mm. Um and there wasn't regionals or anything, so it was it was a bit it was a little bit different then. <laughs> nice. All right, did you complete your? Okay, good. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize I had to press continue. No, no worries. I was sitting there going, the time stopped. I don't understand. Huh. Oh man. So yeah, so you've been around for quite a while then. Like, how many teams were back then? 
Uh, the first BQC was 16 teams. All right, okay, so it was kind of already formed. Yeah, because there'd been... Quidditch had been around about a year or so before that had happened. There'd been a Highlander with like three or four teams. Um, Leicester and Keel had played some friendlies and stuff, but for a lot of teams it was their first tournament. All right. So London had played a friendly, but with like hardly any of the same players, I think, beforehand um, against Oxford. So we were going with like a lot of players who it was their first time playing. Okay. Um, so it, it was very, it was very bizarre. Um, there's a lot of players who still play today who it was their first tournament, and I've since realised it was their first tournament as well. <laughs> um, like it was like Jay's first tournament and that kind of thing. All right. Wow. So you guys have played well for seven years now, pretty much. Yeah, coming up to yeah, it'll be seven years in November. Yeah. Wow. This this, this would have been BQC seven. Um, to my, my seventh one. Nice. It it does it does feel a long time when you think about it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So give us a run through for all the clubs you've played for. Oh, okay. So I guess clubs and teams and like national team, your QPL, whatever. Play for play for London for ooh, four seasons. Um, with a, a brief intermission to play for uh, Krakens in the middle, which is Keel's second team at the time. Um, because Hannah, my wife, was playing for Keel, and I couldn't, um, I couldn't make enough trainings to make the team for Unspeakables. Um, and so they were like, "Oh, we're having a second team. We need some players." So I was like, "Okay, cool." And they were like, "You don't have to come to any trainings because, like, they just wanted numbers at that point." Um, All right. So I went along, and that was that was a fun one as well because we came second to last at the whole BQC, but it was just there was no expectation, and it was just <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, so I played yeah three seasons and a bit for London, and then um, got married and moved to Oxford. So I played for Chimeras for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two seasons with Mammoths after that. Okay, so you've kind of... I was going to... Oh yeah, so you you haven't really played in the North, have you? you no, I've played, I've played a few I played a few tournaments here and there. I like played a lot of Highlanders and stuff. And I've been to watch and ref quite a lot of um, Northern Northern Cups, but never, never played at Northern. Okay. Do you want to? I, I wouldn't be against it in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know what situation would have to arise for me to be playing for a northern team yeah but, that's true um, you have to leave the team you're currently at then yeah i think i think if i moved city or something then i'd be very much up for it yeah um, but it's but it's kind of unlikely you know most people move you know from the north to the south i've never really heard of many people going back up you know <laughs> yeah no it's, it, it doesn't often happen yeah um right what am i doing i'm i'm Again, as, oh, I said, no. as I said earlier, it's been a while since I've played. No, no worries. So now I think we're at the stage where, so we made the teams. We can now, you know, put your tactical genius here, and we can start playing. I guess. Okay. So, who am I going to put where? Hmm. I mean, what I can do is be an ass and continue asking questions to make sure you know you're you, always you, you can up. you can do yeah. that because <laughs> you you tried it with Adam, but he was a bit more. Yeah, um, focused on me, so it it might work against me. Um, we'll see, I guess. So I guess now we get to move on. So when you said, so how was the first taster session like? Like, what did you guys do? How did they, I guess, sell the club to you, sell the sport to you? Well, a lot, a large aspect of it was not necessarily the competitive side of it. It wasn't like obviously now you get teams who are more competitive or more friendly. It wasn't so much a they were friendly over competitive, but there mm-hmm. wasn't. There wasn't really 
a competitive option then almost in a way um because a lot of the team hadn't played tournaments before and they were just doing it for the social aspect and the exercise and the challenge of trying to be better amongst the team kind of thing Mm. um so it was quite different to now whereas now you go to a team for the first time or whatever and it's it's very it can be one or the other but they've always made a a, an active choice to decide which one they're going to be yeah. Whereas, but then I think it was just that was the default. Um, I don't know about uni teams at the time, but um, especially as a, we were the only community team then, um, mm. the only non-uni team. So it was a very different vibe. We had a lot of players who were upwards of thirty or older, like some like me, eighteen, nineteen, and then a mixture in the middle. Um, so the vibe was very different than just like a, a team full of eighteen, nineteen-year-olds at uni kind of thing. Um, right. I think it was a bit more chill and a bit more. Um, relaxed than it could be but it was it was a nice vibe and i don't think i would have stuck around if it hadn't been for that um i think if it had been like an overly competitive nature or something i wouldn't have stuck around i learned later on that that's what i wanted is to be in a competitive team and stuff yeah. but at that point i that's not what i wanted at all so yeah that's true but i guess it's kind of hard you know when you start a new sport it's kind of hard to be competitive because you don't know what you're competitive about or you know yeah <laughs> And like the, just, I remember going to the first BQC and it just being like, just thrown in at the deep end, and it was just, yeah, like going up against um, golden era chimeras, like chasing against Jan and Luke and Ash Cooper and those kind of people, <laughs> and just being like, okay, this is, they know what they're doing, we do not. Yeah, um, well, it's kind of like a rite of passage now, you know, pretty much every time, especially for uni teams, you know, you kind of start and you get a month to learn how to, you know, hold the broom, and then instantly you're thrown against. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but luckily, aside aside from maybe two or three teams at that tournament, pretty much everyone else was feeling the same as us. So okay, we played. I mean, we played we played Edinburgh at one point, and it was you could tell both teams it wasn't really Quidditch what we were playing, mm-hmm. um, but we were on the same level. So we think we edged that. We were like one or two points out of swim kind of thing. Um, okay. But otherwise, it was it was very much either very close games or blowouts back then. Yeah. It was, um. But it was it was it was good because you met a lot of people and there was the same camaraderie as there is today in terms of people are very willing to help out and um, get to know you and stuff and there's no um, what's the word I can't I can't think of it there's no like the vibe state has stayed the same since yeah, then yeah that's true yeah I think that's why a lot of um, people kind of do stick around the sports it's a nice environment well majority of the time like obviously there's some weird cases occasionally but you know. I think I think community is amazing. Uh, yeah, I think in I think in general it's um a brilliant vibe the sport has, yeah. and obviously the vibe's changed a lot. But um, I wouldn't say it's got worse or better. I think it's just it's just different now. Yeah, um, I mean, people grow up, people change, so it makes sense. You know, sport sports it's good for sport to adapt and uh, evolve. Because I feel like now there's like with the split, you know, there's a lot more call for us to be more competitive. So that's kind of a normal thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's obviously cool for us to also to be very supportive of. Oh no! Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Other other teams around us and stuff, which so it's, it's kind of getting the balance right. Of, you're almost compartmentalizing the yeah. competitive nature and then also being supportive and stuff. So it's 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 a bizarre mix, but yeah. But I think with the split, you can kind of now make a decision for yourself, and gives you more time to develop as well. I think so. Yeah, too. It'll be, it'll, it's going to be interesting to see what. Because obviously this season we were going to have it happen, um, but we didn't actually 
have it happen in the end. So. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen now, do we? No, but I, th- I think I think people are now. I think at the time there was, I wouldn't say uproar. That sounds a bit of a mm, um, yeah. over exaggeration, but there was a, quite a bit of um, to and throw about people disagreeing whether it should be happening now in this way. Uh, a lot of people, I feel, were in favour of it happening this year, mm. um, as in the season we're about to have. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see if people are just kind of a bit more chill with it now because it's they've had time. The dust has settled on the discussion yeah, and stuff. Well, um, yeah, because same for me. Like before I started doing this, you know, I was just like, well, it's stupid. And you're going to kill the sport. But now I'm actually talking to people like, yeah, it might make sense, actually. So once. Yeah, then, like it's, it's yeah. it clearly works because it's worked in America. Obviously, it's a slightly different infrastructure there yeah. and stuff. But in in theory, it's just, it's the same thing. There's no reason why it shouldn't be any different. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. Ready with you? Ready to start playing then? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, I didn't know we sports. only had seven subs, so I'm having to oh, yeah. having to cut cut players and stuff. Yeah, but like uh, yeah, because that's that was a mistake last time. I think I had exactly spot on eighteen people. So with Van Dyke getting uh, injured, I was like no subs whatsoever. So now I just have you know X amount on the bench, and the bench in the reserves. I think oh, yeah. I'm happy with it Let's have a look. Okay. yeah yeah that should be fine yeah so i guess we kind of touched on a little bit on the fact that you know i guess the attitude or i guess the overall environment has changed over the seven years and makes sense so i guess can you can you tell us more about like how i guess the attitude of the players was like back then and how it changed now um i i, I think it is remarkably similar um, it's just mm-hmm. the expectations obviously change um, in terms of expectation towards how, how your team's going to do, uh, expectation towards how tournaments are going to be run as well. Mm-hmm. Like the first BQC was just two pitches just in a field in Oxford or in Uni Parks in Oxford. Um, and the expectations were so low back then. It was just, oh, cool, this is a thing that's happening. Whereas oh, now, yeah. obviously, if a minor thing goes wrong with a volunteer schedule or... Um, oh. I wasn't expecting the noise in my ears of the crowd. Oh yeah, because it's the first time you you went on. I might have to turn that off because I can't hear you very well. Yeah, when that's on. But yeah, so it's um. So what was what was the original question? Sorry. So I asked like how the attitudes of the players were back then, and how are they like how do they change, you know, since your seven years of playing. I think, um, attitudes of the players. I don't know. I, th- I think I do think they've stayed remarkably similar. Um, mm-hmm. I think what's changed the sport isn't been like the people who have been in it since the beginning have changed, kind of adapted to the sport, but it's been the mm-hmm. people who have come in since. So mm-hmm. the people who came in after a year or two, um, well, like there were people obviously playing before I was. And so obviously that was a much more chilled kind of different vibe. And then they had a whole bunch of people come in the year I joined and that changed the vibe again. And then two years later, a whole lot of people joined and that changed the vibe. And oh. so that just gradually happens and over time and then it's just got to the point we are today where it's obviously much more competitive really man i like you actually designed you well you actually designed the i man, tried i tried it, yeah i tried to yeah that's probably why i took a bit too long designing yeah. it yeah and i just um, realized mine kind of looks like the olympians it so, does a little bit yeah yeah not planned any, Hope- but anyway I wasn't Hopefully it to. will go a bit better than the last yeah. time we played you guys. Um, yeah, we'll... that's true. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So I guess we talked about the attitudes, but how did you know fitness and skill level change over the seven years? 
How was it oh, the very first that's, tournament? That's changed massively. <laughs> um, just, I think, I think it, the consistency between teams has changed massively. Like for example, as I said, there was there were Chimeras who I think, like if you took that Chimeras team now, um, with their fitness and their skill, oh yes, Mbappe. Oh Jesus. Oh, shoot earlier. Um, yeah. If you take that team now, they would be one of the top. I don't know, top six, seven teams in the country in terms of their, their fitness and their, their attitude. Obviously, if you implanted new tactics on them, for example. But um, I think people's dedication outside of team trainings and stuff, like we used to do at trainings, we used to have an hour of just doing fitness training. Ooh, saved by Don Roma. Um, so right, we used yeah. to do like bodyweight training and do, do all this kind of stuff, but not necessarily... It's stuff we could have just done at home. Uh-huh. But... I think a lot of us didn't know anything about that. Didn't know good exercise regimes or anything like that. So it was a case of all well, motivation to do it together and teach us how to do it. And so since then, half a team. Oh, sheesh! Donnarumma saves saves with his back off the post. Yeah. Um. So I think the individual players' motivations have changed. Like people are more willing to put in the work themselves off the pitch now. Um, and I think skill wise the same like people are more willing to, to just practice and practice the, the skills but also just like I remember my first tournament like at BQC it was I didn't know being on the broom was still weird um, I was at that point still um, whereas now it's completely second nature well that probably happened after about a year or so but like like we weren't taught to catch with two hands at that point um, right. um we were encu- like, encouraged to, because obviously a lot of us, if we wanted to catch two hands, we would just drop the broom. Um, uh. Whereas now, one of the first things you're taught is how to catch with two hands and stay on the broom type of thing. Um, so it's definitely... Ch- oh, yes, Pogba, close. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think it's just people's attitudes towards it always changed. Um, yeah. In terms of wanting to improve... Um, and become better players. Um, there's more of a drive there now than before. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I was also going to like lead on to how was the first tournament like? Because now, obviously, you know, a lot of the times you play and a lot of players are capable of, you know, lasting, you know, the 20 minutes without, like, without almost no subs. But I was wondering hmm. how it was back then. Did you ever have, like... did you, Basically, did everyone have to sub all the time? Or was it just... Yes, yes and no, like, because obviously the fitness was, was, I wouldn't quite say dire, but it wasn't great compared to now. Um, okay. But obviously you were playing against teams who had similar, so it was just the intensity of the games were much lower. Um, and if they did increase, then yeah, the subs did have to come quicker. Because like, back then, you would always take a full 21, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if you had 21 players, you'd take them, you wouldn't even think about taking less, whereas now, some of the, t- the higher up teams intentionally take lower team uh lower squad numbers because um then because they only end they only need to play i don't know 15 16 players they don't have to play all 21 so why not that's why a lot of teams have managed to have a second team now because they can be picky for the first team and then because they have the fitness they don't need to have 21 um i think 21 is still a good idea for um, newer teams and stuff but at the top they don't use it anymore but back then we were like every every person we could get on our team we would happily have just that one person can make a difference because our fitness wasn't again wasn't great um yeah 
I can imagine. I think like right now, even in, you know, even in our team in Olympian, sometimes we do struggle with fitness as well. So it's kind of, I can't imagine how it was for the first time trying it. What happened? Oh, you're I'm upside. not sure. Okay, I thought, oh, okay. It must be someone on the far side because I thought it was on. Yeah. Oh, for me, it just looked like the players kind of collided a little bit. I was like, how is that a penalty? And I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, okay, let's Come move a little bit way. back. Oh, Loris is on point. Oh. Ah, oh, Pogba was that? Oh, yeah, Pogba. Typical Pogba. So let's move a bit back and let's talk about how, since you've been in, I guess you said London, you've been in um, Mammoths. So I guess how did your, how did recruitment back then, you know, differ to how you guys recruit now? Um, well, obviously the main, one of the big differences is uh, firstly the sports profile and also um, the location. Because mm -hmm. obviously London, you, you can see you can see it now of unspeakable. So they've got they've got brilliant recruitment. Like the fact they've they had three teams last year um, is a testament to that. I think part of, I was discussing this with someone from them t the other day. Like part of that is down to their recruitment strategy, but also part of it is down to the location of London. In terms yeah. of yeah. there are so many people, graduates just moved there, people just wanting to try something. Like we'd always get a lot of people starting kind of after New Year time at a time um, because of we want to take up a sport and they'd heard about Quidditch kind of thing so they came along and gave it a go um, but we didn't really, back then we didn't really have I'd say an active recruitment strategy that's something mm -hmm. they've gained in the last few years um, maybe the last three or four years um, it's been headed up by some of the, the people there who've done a good job with that um, we've I, I don't know how you find it with Olympians but with Mammoths we've struggled with trying to recruit non-existing players yeah um we have a benefit obviously we have a, a fixed location in terms of oxford obviously we have players coming from all over but olympians True. is a bit more intangible in terms of a location so i imagine yeah. you guys struggle as well with that but like it's it's quite hard to entice people to come along and play it when they don't have any clue what it is or they don't know anyone there oh yes don Rimmer. yeah well i think that what um, i guess Olympians do differently in that regard is that we don't actually try to recruit new people. So I think we kind of, we've had some people like, oh, what's Quidditch? And we're like, oh, you know, come try, but then like join a uni team. That way you can actually have experience and you can learn. And that way uni teams don't just get, you know, poached off every single person coming in. So I think that's how yeah, we well, we have we have, we have quite a good relationship with OUQC. Because um, yeah. we, we announced we were starting a team like a year in advance of doing it yeah. because we didn't want to leave them kind of high and dry. Um, and in the end, we kind of helped them with that, that push for recruitment the next year yeah. and stuff. And they managed to they managed to recruit a lot of players and they've, they've done really well in the last two years. Yeah. Um, and we still have that good relationship with them. But there's the amount of times we have someone message our page, come along to training, and then it turns out they're a uni student. They just didn't know the uni had a team. And then we just point them in their direction and kind of go, yeah, okay, that's your... Or they come from Brooks, for example, because it's yeah. kind of a, a half Brooks, half Oxford team. But... Um, so there is, I agree, but sometimes it is, you get someone and then you go, oh, okay, no, they would be better suited to the, the uni side of things, whether yeah, it's well, age yeah. or... Yeah, it just gives uni players, I guess, uni teams more players as well. Yeah, yeah, it does. Like, those uni teams have massive ebbs and flows, don't they? Like, for example, yeah. at one point, Chimeras weren't sure if they would exist, and now they won Def Cup last year, like theirs, um, and they, they have a really rich pool of talent at that club. Um so it'll be interesting to see whether the ebb, like, because obviously they have, they've, Chimera's were obviously champions at one point, uh, yeah. several times. 
and then they won and then they lost basically their entire chaser core from the first team and Jan from beating and they were just a different team entirely so lots of players had to step up and they, they did a brilliant job but obviously yeah. you're gonna that's gonna happen with teams is you're gonna have the ebbs and flows and that's why I think recruitment is so key to keep club alive so I think that's the worry with some community yeah. teams London aside perhaps because even yeah. werewolves and LQC they'll have the constant influx of graduates coming from other teams um so they're kind of self-running in a way but teams like us and um and you guys and and raptors to an extent as well um and and the new community teams starting as well they're going to be there's a possibility if if four or five of the core members decide now nah, that's a day i'm giving it a day now with quidditch that's the team gone yeah yeah whereas with unis that happen and you, you you've had three it's like You've played the three years. Oh, I thought I was in. Oh yeah. Um, you have a, you've been playing for three years, but in those the two years as well, have you been bringing new people in so they can take up committee positions, they can take up the running of the club, uh, all this kind of stuff. Whereas there might be people who join Mammoths or Olympians who don't think of themselves as committee or running the team. Oh yes, Wilfred. Oh, none of my players can shoot today. Yeah, I might need to drop actually. Um, um, but there's no, yeah. So there might not be someone who's a committee member, and they might, if for example I left a team, they might go, oh, okay, well I can fill in Ben's spot on committee from last year. Um, but there's we're not we don't have the new influx of players who are completely yeah. new to Quidditch, um, and that's what was good about London. Like if I look back, I I've only had three seasons where I haven't been on speakables, but I've played with hardly any of that team mm-hmm. that are there now, and I think that's brilliant. The fact that they've had such a high turnover due to just life and stuff, but also their recruitment's been so brilliant. They haven't just folded because half the people I know have left. Like yeah. they've recruited brilliantly, and they've some players have come in fully formed. Um, obviously, you get some recruits who are brilliant, like like obviously Doug came in from nowhere and just is amazing. Mm-hmm. But then you've got other players who have transferred other teams and have excelled since going there. You have freshers who you came in and you were like, okay, we didn't know if you're going to be good or not and then they've turned out really well as well um so i think that's a testament to them as well um and that's that would be my only concern for community teams is that we have to be careful not to just be too insular i don't think we're intentionally insular i don't think that um as you said Mm -hmm. like if someone comes along to olympians training you're always very welcoming and tell them about it and stuff yeah but i think it might come to a point where we have to reach out a bit more and um Actively, oh. kind of. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, that's true. I feel like, especially after this year, man. Like, I, I, I worry because, you know, not only are you gonna lose a lot of people because they're gradu- graduating, but you're not gonna really pick up many because you're not gonna have many students on campus in the first semester. No. Really. Yeah, and I think then, recruitment for all teams this year is gonna be yeah. bizarre, <laughs> to, to yeah, say the true. least. Um, whether like who knows if you can hold taster sessions. Um. Who knows if the unis are even doing on on site stuff? Like each uni is going to be different with that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because the only so thing, it'll, I, yeah, go on. It'll, it'll be right. interesting to see. Was what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Because the only thing right now, I guess, it's pretty much community teams that can hold. You know, I guess taster sessions because because we're well, at least for us, like we are mostly you know taking people that are you know they've left uni, so it's kind of I guess easier for us. But I I can't imagine for the uni teams. It's, Man, a lot of teams might have to fold because yeah, it's 
yeah. it's a depressing reality, unfortunately. Um, yeah, cause, cause this is where even, support yeah. of established teams come in. Like, yeah, I know you yeah. guys are doing a lot of work with the the teams around you guys. I think that's that's yeah, brilliant, and yeah. that's gonna that's gonna help a lot of teams get through the initial get period. The hard times, yeah. Ooh, um, man, imagine if you score right now. Ooh. Oh, uh, I thought I thought that had gone in. Yeah. Oh, come on! I need to push you now. I need to. I've done a little bit of shifting. Uh, I need to push you now. But yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to ask you something, and don't take it. Um, not, uh, not, not don't take it personally. It's not going to be that hard of a question. I was going to say, Ooh, how crazy. come you're still around? Like after seven years, what's keeping <laughs> you in the sport? Yeah, I, I mean it's in a good way, you know. Like I can I can see why you thought that might cause offense, but no, that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, a large part of it is the social side of it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's been times where I've thought, well, should I call it a day there? But obviously I came from, I came from London to move here because we got married because Hannah's from here, my wife. Um, mm-hmm. and so coming here, I, I knew her family and I knew the Quidditch team. That was it. Um, right. so having that, um, well, you know what? I'll take a, I'll take a nil-nil based on that. Yeah, no, <laughs> Red card at the end. Ugh. Um, but um, yeah, moving here, I didn't, I didn't know many people. So for me personally, it was a case of, well, that's one of my main social outlets. Um, and then obviously we were there for a year at Chimeras and then we formed Mammoths. And again, just the social side of it is is, is a big reason I'm, I've stuck around. There are, there are times when I'm in the pouring rain at a tournament in the mud. And <laughs> I, do think, I, I do think, why am I, why am I still doing this? Yeah. But yeah. Um, but I forced it. I just find the ethos like I've tried to play other sports, like go go to football teams and stuff, and the ethos isn't necessarily always the same. The same thing. Yeah. I think I've been been spoiled a bit with um, being spoiled a bit with how welcoming and because um, it's, it's not just like everyone's like fluffy and friendly and yeah, giant yeah. marshmallows. It's like everyone's you would push each other on to be better at it as well. But it's just the the general ethos is just better, I think, and nicer. Yeah, true, true. Right, let's jump into the next game. Are you excited? I'm uh I'm hoping not for not another red card. But um, <laughs> Oh I just unlocked well, an achievement as well. Ooh, what'd you get? Head to head. Playing probably playing against someone for the first uh, time. Ah yeah, probably, probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta be careful asking these questions because obviously I don't mean it like why the hell are you still here? No, but yeah, I've, it's 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 crossed my mind many a time. Mm. I I know a lot of other players, um, well, a lot of other players who started with me who have who have quit. Some yeah. fairly soon after starting, some after a year. Like, I could probably name someone who's quit every single season I've played with them. Like in terms of like, um, who was there at the beginning, who isn't now. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of players who are still around. Um, yeah. I couldn't put my finger on what precisely has kept me here. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting one because I think it's just it is. It's the social side of it as well. I think that is yeah, yeah, yeah. the big reason. Um, well, yeah, if you do have your friends still doing it, and it's like, well, it's a good way to spend time with them. So yeah, I think I think when one or two people decide to bite the bullet and 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 stop playing, I think that might yeah, be yeah. when other people kind of domino effect. And that's what I was saying about earlier. Like that's what I was worried about with teams is um, two people go right now. That's it, um, and yeah. then a few other people decide. Well, okay, cool. If they don't want to play, I don't want to play either. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and it just collapses in itself like a house of cards type thing yeah um well that's but, the thing because um, we're because most people don't i mean some people retire from injuries like i feel like it's yeah gonna be soon for me to retire because i tore two acls in quidditch so it's kind of like oh 
yeah so it's kind of like i think it's time in that sense but i'm still gonna stick around in the sense like i probably go to tournaments and just shadow people you know especially yeah that's, that's the thing like again it's yeah. so you can still be involved with the social side like, yeah. i know people who yeah. don't play anymore who who pop along occasionally to a tournament if it's in the local area or mm. um who i or i see occasionally things and i'm like oh i didn't know you still played and like, i don't i just came along to say hello like, yeah yeah and that's always obviously obviously nice as well but um it is interesting because how long have you been playing well i guess I, I i started playing three years ago but i only had one full season and i had half of this one well no i had one game at northern and i tore the other one so it's kind of like great what's that how, how, how many seasons sorry sorry uh well a full one's one but technically i started three years ago because i remember playing against you yeah i think that was um that was the very first B bqc yes. bqc yeah. uh, in is the one in oxford yes um because i was in chimeras at that point so i remember playing against manchester then yeah um, i was but i, I was didn't know how long you've been playing then. <laughs> angry i was a very angry man yeah well, I, I, was, from... I was beating then, so I didn't. I didn't uh, yeah, interrupt yeah. you too much. No, I was, yeah, no, I was in like you know, because I came from football and a lot of a lot of football shouting, and I just couldn't understand why. You know, like I was, yeah, I kind of learned to be a bit calmer in Quidditch. I, th I think that's also what's interesting is in the last couple of years, probably about three or four, is we've mm. not, and again, intentionally or not intentionally, I think the, the sport itself has just started attracting more people from different sports and adam was talking about this as well how you can yeah. bring different sports into it but not yeah, only yeah. the the, te the technical skills tactic side of it but also the mentality side yeah um yeah. like i've seen people come from other sports and they've been like they hype up the team and they're like it's like big energy type stuff and other yeah. players come from teams and it's more calm and obviously that's obviously just people in general but i think you can you can see a pattern of yeah people from what sport they come and how they decide to do it i think yeah. i agree football is generally a angrier sport yeah because uh, i've had to adapt the way i coach as well because you know in football you coach and if someone does shit you tell them like what you think of them and they're like oh yeah sorry yeah. boss. but i feel like now you can't you can't really do that here so you kind of have to no, learn I, because I, I mean and that's what a good manager should do you know like not and not everyone learns the same and if it's your job to figure out you know how they learn so no i, I agree um yeah and I think, because obviously you have to be more patient, because at the end of the day, if you're coaching, say, an adult's men's football team or whatever, a lot of those players have played for years and years and years yeah, and are used to true, that yeah. kind of thing. So, whereas here, you're having players who have never played a sport before in their lives come in at uni or whatever, and then they're, they're not... <laughs> if, I, if I never played a sport before and I rocked up, and I don't normally play sports, and I walked up, yeah. and then someone just starts shouting at me like angrily. I wouldn't yeah. come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just... Yeah. Whereas obviously now, like if I'm at training and someone just shouts at me to do something because I did something wrong, like as long as a I know it's not a personal thing, then it's fine, right? Yeah, true, true. So I guess that's like a perfect segue to my next question because you told me that oh. you actually taught uh, Kidditch. Yes. And uh, so I think I've had I've had experience teaching. 12 13 year olds french kids once and it was difficult so i was going to ask you how hard is it to actually teach kids quidditch um depends on your mindset going in i think mm -hmm. um because yeah. i was i was working at a primary school so ours was a mixed age group so we had year three to year six so that's oh seven to eleven year olds in it and obviously yeah. mixed gender still and stuff um 
so I borrowed a load of equipment from OUQC and um, we kind of went head into it and tried to just give like a perfect adaptation of our rules and everything apart from like mm-hmm. the contact basically and initially that didn't work because um, obviously there's I can't remember the I think it's Enrich who do the, yeah, the Quidditch yeah, UK yeah. Um, stuff but they don't use brooms um, all right which which I, which I find interesting mm-hmm. um but, but one of the key points i wanted to do was have the brooms um so we made i made that was the, the one thing in my head i was like i'm not going to change that but i changed a few of the other rules and stuff and made it a bit more fun okay. and light-hearted and um because we're in a small primary school so from year three to six there are only 60 children anyway so yeah. we had about nine or ten out of those come to the club every week uh-huh. um and we were we were one point in the process of organising a game with another Kidditch team in London, run by a All player right. from there, but that didn't that didn't go ahead in the end because I had to leave the I left the school in the end, um, but we I did that for a year and a half I'd say, um, right. and it was it was very well received in terms of the parents because a lot of the parents I had loads of kids similar to how it starts at uni loads of kids who don't do sports come along yeah. Um, and I, I made it very clear when I told kids about it, it is a sport. Like, mm-hmm. you, it, they'll be running around, they'll be throwing and catching and stuff. Oh. Yeah, Don Donnarumma close. has been a good good pick for me, I think. Yeah. Um, So obviously they, because they didn't want them coming around thinking they were going to be standing around casting spells and stuff, which, which yeah. is fun, <laughs> but that just wasn't what I wanted to run. Um, yeah. So, but a few, a lot of the, a few of the parents came up to me with those kids in particular and just said, oh, like, my kid doesn't really like sports, but loves coming to this. Um, okay. So I think that is one of the main appeals of Kidditch because it's kids who, well, that's, again, it's as I said, like it's a uni thing. Like I know people who went to uni and in first year were like, "I'm not really a sporty person, but Harry Potter sounds fun. Yeah, Quidditch sounds fun. Like it might be sporty, but it'll be a bit less intense and it'll be a bit less jockey. So they go along and they like it, and then now they're maybe super into it. Um, but a few of the kids came to watch. I know you QC game at one point. Oh, Golovin as well. Yes, the Russian man, finally. Uh, oh. It's scripted, scripted. It is scripted. Yeah, my channel. I do whatever I want. <laughs> Put in bribes, whatever. Oh, yeah. Sorry, right. go on. Let's have, let's have a little bit of a change up of tactics. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be painful to watch. Oh, it's it came off him as well. Donnarumma. I think he got a hand to it. It just didn't go in. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I think the the benefits of running Kidditch are massive in terms of yeah. Um, we all know it's been in the news a lot recently about um, how PE is taught in this country and um, yeah, how a lot of people feel they weren't given the proper skills as a kid in school and stuff. Yeah, um, man. I, to be I, fair, I, I was kind of shocked because like in Russia we have like thing and basically everyone does sports up until grade ten, I think. Don't know what that is for you but like everyone does sports and then whatever and then if you want to join a extracurricular club you do so i was kind of shocked that here it's not the same ish yeah i think it's just the the general i've said this word a lot today but ethos like it's just the mm. how it's been treated and obviously there i've worked in schools for a couple of years now and it's way better than when i was a kid okay um massively better but obviously we won't start seeing the benefits of that until like if I'm teaching a yeah. kid who's ten now, I won't see the benefits until or see what potentially impact it has till later on. Yeah. So I think 
the next generation will it will be better i think but i think yeah. also the i think it it becomes all oh, <sighs> i think it, the the extremes will be highlighted more i think the there'll be more kids who are more proficient with sports and more confident and more willing to try them and there'll be other kids who are com- yeah. actually anti it kind of thing because they were forced to do it, forced quote unquote to do it yeah, in school and stuff yeah but um, i feel like a lot of the sports like you don't always obviously you don't have to like play any difficult stuff it doesn't have to be a high level it just has to be you know you get to hang with your mates just do something not yeah you, know, you don't have to like sprint or stuff like that i feel like that's kind of crazy and stupid like sometimes you do track and i'm like well that's not really a fun thing just do like a game a week you know oh you know we play quidditch one week then now that we play football other play basketball now we play tag i don't know just it doesn't have to be anything you know crazy just could yeah. be fun games just gets you out and about well, I, I, well, I work in a secondary school. Oh, and no. I was, oh, way. yes. The pie. Man, you're going to win this way. change worked. You're going to win this way as well. Oh, and away goals. Yeah. Yeah, away goals. God damn it. Away goals. They're the bane of my existence. I think every time I lose, <laughs> it's always away goals. Ugh. That, right. was, that was such a simple, like, three people just passing it across the middle. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Did you reckon? Yeah. Go on, sorry. Where was I? Yeah, yeah. So, um... Obviously, I've worked in a secondary school for last two um, last year and a bit, and um, I was a TA in one of them. And then um, I went into a lot of different lessons and stuff, so I got to go into PE quite a bit. Um, and I was often in the lower lower sets per se. Um, mm-hmm. And the way it's taught now is 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 much more focused on teaching key skills and having fun rather mm-hmm. than forcing them to do it. I remember when I was at school, it was very different. Like we were forced to just run laps at points yeah <laughs> round a park yeah just like that was do it. a quota of things like can you do push-ups can you do so it's like well no wonder people hate it it's like it's, it is yeah it is uh, yeah i, th- I think it, i think it's better now than it was but i still think there's improvements that could be made yeah yeah um oh who, who am i gonna sub on i got confused there i have martinez the goalie from arsenal but yeah it just says E Martinez, so I was thinking of Martinez from Inter Milan, the striker. So I was about to put him on up front. Oh no! Which is not. Which is you not. You should do that, man. Do. You should do it. Why not? It'll be fun trying to sabotage. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving you a win on Football Manager. I'm not. Damn. Every um, time, man. Every time. I have not <laughs> won on this channel since. What is this? I need to start playing games where I can't physically lose. It'll be like a co-op game or just the aim is not to win. When you're working. Something. When you're working together, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's... Do, you reckon, yeah. do you reckon Kidditch yeah. is uh, personally worth it for you? Like, is it... I enjoy it massively. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's definitely rewarding. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, we've only had, like, 10 kids coming. But, like, yeah. just, hearing, just hearing those parents go, like, oh, my kid wouldn't have done sport before. Now they like coming to this kind of thing okay. is okay. always nice to hear. Um, I've never done one of these big Kidditch sessions that um, some clubs have done where... Um, they get booked to go to a school and do like a session, a day session for like a hundred kids or whatever. Like, I don't yeah. know how rewarding that might be because you don't have those personal kind of connections with the kids. Yeah. I was seeing the same kids week in, week out. So we were working on skills and stuff and like, you could yeah, see them you improve. You could see like, them improve and stuff. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. Though, there was one kid who, a uh, year six kid who we, he came to watch the match, one of the matches we had in Oxford um, mm-hmm. I invited, the, let the parents know about it so they can bring their kids if they wanted. And he came along and he saw 
me and some of the other beaters like face beating people so we got back to the training session um a couple of weeks later and he was just like full-on pelting it at people's faces oh like, no but with uh, but with like unnerving accuracy like he was very very good at it and he was right. like doing like pu- he was doing like pump fakes and like because he'd watched the game um oh wow so someone's think, got talent already exactly yeah um so but i think that'll be all oh ah oh. yeah i thought that was gonna seal wow. the deal um but I think that that shows that at that age, kids are so absorbent in terms of yeah. like knowledge. Like he watched one game of Quidditch and already picked up all those little nuances and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas, oh, what's happened? I, I paused it because I'm doing tactical oh. stuff. No worries, no worries. I was confused. I was like, did I press pause? I did. No. no. Um, so I think if we want to last as a sport more than another five, ten years we have to start at the ground level in terms of doing that. Because, for example, if you go to, like, a five-a-side match as an adult, everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows what they're doing in football. Whereas if you did that for Quidditch, it wouldn't necessarily no. be that way in the slightest. Um, right, who do yeah. I want on? True, true. Uh, right, I'm going to ask you to, I guess, make a prediction. How long do you reckon Ooh. the community teams will get academies, like, you know... Imagine like Raptors and Olympians have like an under 12s or like under something. Like, you know, real like football. Um, am I predicting whether it will happen or not? Or when sure, it will be? you can do that as well. When or if? Um, <laughs> I think if Kidditch doesn't happen in the next, like, like take off properly. Mm-hmm. And when I say Kidditch, I mean, I personally think it should be the same as our sport minus contact. Um, mm-hmm. So have similar contact rules to football or basketball type thing um because football's like a semi-contact sport isn't it it's like it's not full contact but i think you can do that with kids as well but i think as soon as you've got that it's as long as schools take it on board then that's when you'll start seeing academies otherwise you won't you won't see it at all like if there's no effort from schools to accept it or efforts from clubs and governing bodies to push it in then it just won't happen. But um, I think there's pote- I think there is potential for it, but it, it requires a lot of things to happen at the same time yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it will, but um, I think what's more likely to happen is schools to clubs and schools to have links and yeah. go and do sessions here and there, and then invite maybe yes, yeah, not maybe an academy per se, but invite kids to come along to like. Um, you know how like, they have like half-term football camps and stuff where you go yeah. along and you, you go play football a week with coaches and stuff. Like You have that for Quidditch. I think that's more likely. And then as you get older, though, it, it will be interesting because at primary school, boys and the girls were playing together fine. Oh, yeah. look at that trophy. Unbelievable. What is this shit? Jammy, jammy away goals. I'll oh, jeez. Again, again away goals. Ah, whatever. Get, getting revenge for EQT yeah, yeah. that's what it is yeah that's true yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair I'll probably I'll probably just say like oh no can we refilm you know the audio corrupted <laughs> let's start again uh eh, that's okay yeah to be no, fair I'm, I don't I'm... like I think I was joking a little bit with the fact that we're gonna have uh, Academy so I do think that's actually what you suggested was like the links that'd be kind of a cool if, if you do have Kidditch that would be nice yeah to I think go. I... yeah yeah like it's this kind of thing where it should be a po- it needs to get to a point where if a parent heard, hears about Quidditch and their kid yeah. wants to do it, 
there is a way they can do it. Yeah. Whether that's at school, even if it's oh you live in um, South London, there's a place in North London that does it. Like it doesn't have to be like one on every in every li- little yeah. village and town or whatever. Yeah. Like like football is so prevalent, but yeah. it'd have to be like there's somewhere nearby. If you want to, if you're happy to drive your kid an hour, there'll be somewhere you can take your kid, kind of thing. Um, but I don't think we're near that point yet. I think I think Kidditch is doing all right, but I think there needs to be more more what's the word like synergy between all the organizations schools teams and yeah. ngbs and i think there's some of the links are there but not all of them yet um yeah true to be fair i, feel I like, like how it says next, yeah i like how it says what? don't let yourselves get complacent for the next match i can tell that to my players but there's no next match there's no next match I'm not yeah, quite sure never... um, well, how do they react? The next match in their life uh <laughs> sorry oh, what were you gonna say before no, I was just going to say, like, I can imagine, like, in um, in 20 years, you know, or something, we'll have, like, you know, Jay Jr. playing and, like, <laughs> you know, just, like, have a... Because I feel like, we, man, if you play Quidditch, you're most likely going to, you know, force, you know, your future kids or if you're going to have kids, like, well, to, to play the sport, if it's alive. That's, that's something I hadn't thought about, really. Like, that that could yeah. be one of the ways in is, is, is say, a large number of, of players have kids and you know how you get, like, parents coaching football teams and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um like Jay and it, just because you use that example, um, yeah, yeah. It, Jay with Jay Junior because he would definitely name his kid after himself. I don't know. Yeah, Jay Junior. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> if little Jay Junior uh, gets into pri- when he's in primary school and he um, he's heard about his dad's Quidditch and wants to play, or Jay's yeah. taught him how to throw and catch with a broom kind of thing, then Jay could start a club at the school because like like a dad would start a football club kind of thing, um, and that's how I think that might happen. I hadn't thought about that though. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's interesting because there's there's a couple of players who are um, I wouldn't say too far away from having kids and stuff, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's prevalent so yet. I think there's a few in France, few in France who've had some, so maybe yeah. France will be the next Quidditch nation. So, but so basically, Quidditch has survived for like let's say twenty years to uh, yeah to the next generation. It, right. It's it's all or nothing. Like you've got to kind of last it out or uh, be done. Yeah, yeah true. Right, I do have one last question. I know we're done, so I guess I'm going to try yeah. and figure out what to show on the page so people are interested. But it's kind of not... I mean, that is important because you said you were you were a team selector for Team UK, yeah? In 2015 yeah. European Games, right? Yes, that's right. So I was going to ask you, like, so do you know if it's any different to how it's done now? So I guess what did you have to do? Uh, what was your role for that? And if you know if it's changed much or not. Um, so in 2014, it was mm-hmm. they had trials. So we had there were two trials days in Leicester, I think. Um, it's either Saturday and Sunday or a weekend and the next weekend. Uh-huh. But I remember getting a coach up from London to go to these trials, and it was essentially 60, 65 players, all like two two games going on at once with yeah. scouts watching them there and stuff. So I wasn't involved with that one, but that was much more like you'd have of trials for football teams and stuff in terms of lots of players turning up and then coaches watching them whereas the year we did it was more scouting at tournaments so that was the first time it was more done at like mm-hmm. organically while they were playing with their teams and stuff because obviously if you go to a trial and you get put on a team of players who don't play your style yeah you're not going yeah. to sh- play your best and stuff um but it was interesting seeing it be done like that but then our one was the first one where it was because there was about five of us as scouts um as a head scout 
I had a selector and then four with them. So we would um, compile our list and we had a, we had spreadsheets as well where we had put them in like tiers of like, like definitely we I want this player in kind of thing. And then this player should be considered and this player is a fringe player possibly and all this kind of stuff. And then if, for example, it was all color coders, so if, if a player got all reds, they were just eliminated from selection because all five of us said no kind of thing. All um, right. And so then we we used that to whittle it down from the because it was you had to apply still to be scouted and be selected. Oh wait, you had, like had, you had to apply. So you didn't you just put a form in and just went I would like to be watched. And so when we put oh, their okay. name on a spreadsheet and made sure to watch some of their games, kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the thing. With one or two players we who got quite close, I think, who we some of us hadn't heard of before, uh-huh. and so wouldn't have necessarily watched. But because they put their name in, we put them on this thing. Okay. And we were obliged to go watch it almost. Um, so we, so yeah, when it was all red, they were kind of kicked off per se. And then if they were all, if they were all like the the dark green, they were essentially in at that point. Like if we'd all put that, so it was like okay. I don't know six. There was only like six players who were like all dark green, who were like mm-hmm. the core kind of players. Um, but there's a lot of players who were a bit more controversial. But as, as long as they had one orange, I think. Um, they would be kind of kept for considering and then we all met up in London um, and over a course of about I don't know, eight hours pick the team basically, based on the right. list we'd made, so we narrowed it down to like everyone on this list, someone thinks should be on the team, one of our five, one of the five wants, has a case for that player kind of thing um, and then from there we just basically just hashed it out, a bit like a jury in a in a yeah, court okay. case, just uh, deciding Um so I think we we scouted a BQC that year, and I don't. I think we scouted a, a fantasy tournament as well. I can't remember, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was just one tournament, but it was definitely BQC as, as one of them. Um, but now I think it's much more an ongoing process as opposed to a tournament process. Um, from my understanding, from talking to a few people, um, we were literally going right. Who can we take to this tournament? Whereas now there's obviously a training squad. There wasn't then. There's a, there's a dev, uh, dev squad as well, expand squad. So now it's much more of an ongoing process, and they're constantly rotating the players in, in the squads and stuff. Um, it's a much more ongoing process now than it was before. Um, okay. As opposed, as I was saying, they've got training squads, they've got expand squads now. Whereas before, we were just going right. European games done. That's our squad for that tournament. Um, so I think that's much better than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the number of scouts they've got. I don't know mm-hmm. how how willing they are to look at all the teams. Like as Adam was saying, like there are there are people in every squad who has potential to yeah be in X ban at the minimum kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how much they're looking, um, but I know they obviously got more of a more of a, a th- um, what's the word more of a particular thing they're looking for now because you have to kind of fit in with the squad as a whole um, as opposed to just being like one of the best players type of thing um, yeah. so I'm not sure but I, I would be interested to know because I don't I don't think they're hiding what they're doing scouting wise or anything no, yeah. but they haven't they haven't been very they haven't published it anywhere or anything so it would be interesting to see what their scouting process is um, yeah, it'd be kind in, of cool in for full. interest as well. Yeah, I I remember a few years ago. I think it was maybe 2017. I saw a 
I think it, I think Jay made it. It was like a scouting, like a master scouting like sheet, basically. Okay. And it was incredibly, in, incredibly in depth, and it was basically something you filled out for a player. So you, right. you just picked a player to scout, and then you'd fill that out in full. And it was it was very, very in depth. So I don't know if it's still that in depth per player, mm-hmm. or if they have like uh, a more brief one for um, yeah. p- new players they're scouting, and then. If they want to scout more in depth, they scout more in depth, kind of thing. Um, but yeah. it would be interesting to know. I don't know if they've. It might. It might be on Quark's website somewhere. I, I doubt it, but it might be. Yeah. But it would be something interesting. Man, I can't to believe see. That, that's something I should have asked because we. I did have a talk with him, and I was. I just. I've, I. I mentioned it a bit, but I never actually asked if they have like you know procedures laid out in place. Yeah, so. I, I imagine with Jay though, there's a lot of questions to ask, so it's a bit. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, quite easy true. to forget some. Yeah. Plus, to be fair, it was the chat was asking questions, so it's kind of nice. Yeah. True. That, that was that was a live one as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that's everything covered. Is there anything you reckon we missed, or do you reckon there's um, something you want to pick up I'm, real quick? I'm I'm happy with that. Like. Yeah. I'm open for more questions, but I'm open to being leaving it there. It's up to you. Yeah. No. I think. I mean. I think I've covered everything I was trying to. Yeah. I've covered literally everything I wanted to do. I think yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure that with each episode we actually bring something new because I don't want to rehash, you know, the same topics. Yeah, I, I very much enjoy listening to them about how you've you've covered a lot of different angles in terms of yeah. past experience and also what their expertise is on and stuff. Yeah. Um. So well, my, my expertise wanted, is yeah. just being old. So. <laughs> yeah, that's literally like, ooh, old person. Yes, let's interview. Yeah. It's just like, how does it feel being old? basically i i enjoyed yeah. the nostalgia trip i went on today it was good yeah that was good it's good right before you go how many years do you reckon you still have in this sport like as in actively playing not as in just you know never looking at a quidditch match ever again um health wise and stuff um i died yeah quite a lot at the moment okay um i've got one issue with my toe and that's about it like I've, I'm i'm pretty good in terms of I had a lot of injuries earlier on in my um, playing days, but there were a lot of like, yeah. I, I I would damage a bone or something and then be out for a couple of weeks and then be back. But now I'm actually feeling surprisingly healthy and probably in some of the best shape I've, I've been in in years. Oh, that's so good. That's good. I, I, don't, I don't know. It could be, it's hugely dependent on my teammates. And yeah. um, I, I'd, I'd say a good couple of years minimum. Um, but right. we'll, we'll see. Depends on life as well. Oh. Like, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you do have like a proper job and you have like and you have to, you know, you can't. Yeah, well, I'm doing. I'm I'm working and doing a degree part time as well. So at the moment, so it's like. Oh wow! How do you if have that, time if that gets this? a bit? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's summer holidays at the moment, so I'm obviously off work. Yeah. So it's oh, nice okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. True, nice true. and chill at the moment. Um, and how old obviously are you? If that starts getting. Uh, I'm 26. Oh okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of so, crazy. Yes. In Quidditch, we have this thing where you're 26, like that's it. You're like the granddad. It's like no, like in normal sports, yeah. 26 is like when you're hitting your peak. Yeah, that is bizarre. I think that's a lot of the time is because players choose to leave before they hit their peak. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. I and think it's also, also like, yeah, I think the peak athletically is 26, 27, 28, depending on sport. But that's for people yeah. who have worked their whole lives athletically. Like true, true, maybe yeah. Whereas I think a lot of Quidditch players would argue that a lot of us have peaked before we start playing a sport. So. <laughs> Peak at 19, that's it. Thank you. I'm done. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, uh, that's all I have to ask you today. So thank you for coming. 
No problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks for embarrassing me again on this channel. God damn it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say embarrassed. I, I narrowly narrowly won. Two two draws, yeah. No, to be fair, I'm looking yeah. at the stats and you actually dominated both games, so it's kind of deserved. I can't even pretend, you know, like <laughs> uh, I guess my bribes to the Russian government didn't work. Shame. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it got yeah, it got Golovin a goal, so I think that counts. True, true, yeah. Maybe I didn't pay enough. I should have paid more. Ah, it's a diff different rate to win a game than to let a player score. I look forward to seeing your next one where you've you've paid them yeah. billions of pounds to win. <laughs> but just me, yeah. I get a billion pounds and I give like someone else like two hundred million. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks for coming, man. No problem. Thank you so much. All right. See you, buddy. So this concludes my episode with Ben Pooley. I hope you guys found it enjoyable and informative at the same time. So if you know if there's some aspect of the sport that you want me to cover, message me. If you're watching on YouTube, give a comment, give a like, that sort of stuff. I don't know how to how to do this properly. But anyways, thank you for watching. Uh, once I move houses properly, I will be able to do more stuff. I have some guests lined up. Hopefully they haven't decided to uh, back out on me. But yeah. Hopefully there'll be more stuff to come and actually hopefully I'll be covering some more European players as well. I don't want this to be just limited to us. I wanted to do, you know, more stuff. And also I've done already Canada. Maybe I can do US one day. Maybe even Russia. Who knows? <laughs> no. Anyways, thank you for watching my game side chat and I will see you hopefully sometime in the future. Bye guys.